So we're finishing our series on inspiring women, and I think we've heard really inspiring talks on different women. And um, just to give a bit of context, this is Acts 9, and, and the book of Acts seems to have quite a, a fast pace of all these amazing things happening. But actually, the book of Acts tells stories of like 30 years, and we feel like you're in this journey where like every day someone's healed and someone's risen from the dead, and all these amazing things happen, and it seems like it's one day after the other, but it's actually quite a long time, and these are the, the highlights of, of the, that early church. Um, and just before Acts 9, which is what we're looking at, is we have uh, the story of Paul's conversion, and we're basically seeing this, this group of disciples, the followers of Jesus, in the midst of a, like big uh, persecution and, and real hardship, and also seeing some amazing things happen, like God doing some really important things. So we've got this really passionate group of people just spreading good news and, and loving people around them and, and seeing God act really powerfully, but also they're going through a lot of hardship. And in the middle of that, we've got this little story of Tabitha, um, who was known as a disciple. And actually, the word in Greek is disciple S, I don't know, like disciple and female. I'm not sure if that exists in English, but um, a female disciple. And it's not a very common word. So, so that marks her as quite a special person in the passage. And basically, all we know about her is in those six verses we read. And I'm going to talk just about one in a while. Um, so she was probably a leader in the church if she was recognized as a disciple. The, the context makes us think that she was probably a widow. And if you think of widows at the time, widows uh, were usually quite poor. They didn't have much money, but um, she's probably a widow. And by the context, it also seems like she was producing uh, some clothes to share with the people in need. Um, and in the middle of all of that, uh, she dies and the, the desperate friends go and, and find Peter. Peter comes around, uh, prays for her, and she's risen from the dead. And amazing story. And I think we could just stop there by saying how amazing that our God kind of brought her back to life. Um, and we can just see the power of God in that event and throughout that early church working. Um, and, uh, and the truth is, the heart of the message is, is this, is that God brought her to life. But today we're looking at her, not at what God did in bringing her back to life, but her as a person and how inspiring she is. So we're going to look at who she was, and we don't have too much information, but we have enough to know that she was inspiring and there's so much we can learn from her. So uh, we're going to look just at this verse, Acts 9 verse 36 today, and it says, in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, in Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. And the first thing we, we can learn about this is that her name is, is said twice in the kind of original language and in Greek. So her name must be something important enough for Luke to say, okay, I'm going to explain what the name is. And the name is actually, uh, the translation is a gazelle, which is this beautiful animal over here. I'm just thinking, well, it's not as much meaning as I would expect. I thought it was going to be like the God's love and grace or something lovely. But it, it's just a gazelle. And, and actually, in, in the olden times, a gazelle was a symbol of beauty. Uh, and obviously, or, or I think through the context, we can think of her beauty being not that she was like a model, but actually a model of a, of a human being, someone who, who was really beautiful in her way, in the way she acted, in the way she lived. Um, so the first thing we learn about her, and that her name is twice, is that she's a beautiful disciple of Jesus. And the rest of what I'm going to talk about is basically this. 
says she was always doing good and helping the poor. And I'm going to look a bit at the Greek, and I hope I don't lose most of you with this, but it's, it's very, very short, um, because each word has a lot to it. The word for always is actually full, abounding in. She was continually doing good works. It's a quite a rich word. And then when the word for good is a word called agathos, which actually means um, empowered by God. So she was full of being empowered by God to do good things. And the word for helping is, um, is again, a female word that is compassionate S. And I, I can't believe this word actually exists. She's a compassionate S. She's a woman who's full of compassion, especially towards the poor. And the word poor is actually a word, it's, it, it means to crouch, which means basically to do like this, which who does like this? A beggar. So it's the poors were the, the really, really poor, not kind of poor like I don't have a car, it's poor like I don't have anything to eat today. So really, really poor people. And she, so all of what this passage says, or this verse just says, is she was uh, abundant, full of um, being empowered by God to help the people who were most in need. That's Tabitha, and that's in itself inspiring. Because at the heart of the message of, the, of Jesus and the early church was this idea of helping the poor, helping those in need. Actually, if, if you remember a bit of history, uh, the, you had the, the disciples, all of the, the first of Jesus' followers, and then Paul came along, and Paul was a new guy, and Paul was doing a lot of amazing things and growing the church a lot. And he, he went to speak to the disciples, and, um, and what they told this, the new guy, uh, so the disciples said, look, Paul, what you're doing is great, but we want you to remember this thing, this thing, just one thing. And in Galatians 2.10, it says, all they asked were, was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. So the only thing they asked him, he was doing all these amazing things, was don't forget the poor. Don't forget the people who are begging. Don't forget those people who are in need, because this is at the heart of the message, and we don't want you to get this wrong. Get this right. Um, and I think when we talk about the poor, we, we can easily fall into a, a kind of them and us thing, like I'm the one who helps the poor, so I'm rich and I help the poor. I'm the good and, and they are the ones in need. And it's quite, quite easy to fall into these categories. But actually, if you look at Jesus' message, Jesus says in Luke 6, he says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And in a way, what Jesus is saying is, the kingdom is of the beggars, and, and we are joining into their kingdom. And therefore, you can never feel better than anyone who is in need. You can never feel that you are the one giving and they are receiving. Actually, the invitation is to be a community together and help each other out, help each other in our different needs. And it's, it's separating that idea of any them and us, the rich and the poor, which are categories we have across any society in the world. But actually, Jesus is breaking that barrier, saying, well, actually, guys, the kingdom is theirs, and we are joining in, and we are part of this kingdom together, and we are part of this community together, and we help each other out. But really, at the heart of Jesus' message, at the heart of those first disciples' message, is this helping out those who are in need. And we see this um, across the world and across our church. I'm quite humbled 
by the amount of stuff people in this church do to help the poor. And I'm not going to talk about the stuff we do as, a, as an institution or, or as an organization, but actually members of our church helping out and doing stuff. Um, I was speaking to Bryn and Sally Hayworth the other day, and they, uh, they do prison work, and they go and visit people in prison. That's what they do like, in a, as a daily job. And they're, they're telling me, well, I'm reading the Sermon of the Mount, and I'm really challenged by this. I was thinking, well, I'm just challenged by seeing them, and they are even more challenged, and that challenges me even more. Their heart for those in need, their heart to give out. Uh, other people in our church, uh, we've got a group that started a, a little charity called Breaking Bread, and they uh, basically give food to people in need in our area. And um, we've got Maureen and Sue and a, a whole group of people giving food out, and, and that's amazing, the heart for those in need. Um, and I got the, the, the chance to visit one family, and uh, they had this tiny flat, and there's this mum with four kids, and one of them was a baby. And I was thinking, I can hardly deal two of us with three kids. We can hardly survive. And this mum with four kids, how can she get, get on with life if someone doesn't go and help, if someone doesn't come across and say, well, here's a meal for you, or here's uh, something we can do for you? Um, so it's... It's such a call from the Bible to help those in need. And there's so many others. You can talk about Besom and how they visit and help people out. Uh, talk about our dreamer here, Nathan, and thinking about Leatherhead saying, well, we need to have some kind of place where we can get charities together. And after that, Tom and Lynn Sefton and others um, joined with Beatitude, and, and they created this new place, the Leatherhead Community Hub, where they are helping people in need in that area. And it's, it's lovely to see how there's such a heart for helping the poor. And I, I want us to be inspired by Tabitha and say, this is what should be at the heart of every, each and every one of us, that, that need, that urge to help those in need, that, that kind of we have to do something about it. Uh, even like if, if, you're, if you're on, on, a, on the Ashted social media, Parents and Unhinged, you'll, you'll see that uh, there's, uh, there's suddenly been a reaction to uh, the Afghan uh, situation and the refugees. And you see people from our church, again, um, Scott Kershaw and Steve Kershaw, and uh, Rich Wade, who's always doing the sound here, uh, going and, and hiring a van and taking stuff for the refugees. And these reactions of people that aren't organized by the church, it's not a ministry in the church, it's actually disciples who have a heart for the poor and say, how can I help? What can I do to help those in need around me? And they do something about it. Um, and I think that as we look at Tamta's story, we have to be um, drawn by her, by her love for the poor. There's something in her that really attracts us to want to be a bit more like her. Pope Francis said, and we like Pope Francis only because he's Argentine, and he says, a faith incapable of showing mercy to others isn't faith. It's just an ideology. I love that. And Ignatius of Loyola, he started the Jesuit movement in the 16th century. He said, if our church is not marked by caring for the poor, the oppressed, the hungry, we are guilty of heresy. And that's how, how important he gives it. If, if you don't have a heart for those in need, then this is heresy, then it's, it's theology, like, but without a heart, without any action that follows. Um, and this is a, a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if, if you know, but um, actually in, in Spanish, the word for fan 
is ventilador, and the word for ventilator is ventilador. It's the same word. So it's very easy for us who speak two languages to get a bit confused. Um, so I posted on our lovely social media like six weeks ago uh, an image, that image over there, and I put like, join us tomorrow for our service either online, in person, or sitting by a ventilator at home. <laughs> and in the midst of COVID, that's exactly not the best thing to post on social media. And um, Alison was quick to pick it up, and Sean was very quick to change it. And actually, we never spoke about this, did we, Sean? Sean just changed it. And, and he changed ventilator to fan, and now it all looks good, and it's fine. I hope, like, we had like 50 people leave the church, but that's all right. Um, but it's, it's just a misconception, a simple mistake. My heart was hopefully in the right place, but what came out wasn't, wasn't exactly what I meant to. And I think many times uh, we underestimate the importance and the role that um, helping those in need is actually in the Bible. And even though our heart is in the right place, sometimes the outcome is a bit like my ventilator message on Instagram, which isn't the best. Um, so I think the call, as we look at Tabitha, as we look at this amazing person in the Bible, which we only know literally one verse about, is to actually have a bit of a change of mindset, that our heart might reflect Jesus' heart for those in need, that we might have an attitude towards those in need, and, and I'm not talking about like them and us again, it's those needs are, I'm in need sometimes, you're in need sometimes, it's helping each other out, it's helping those who, who need help in a certain situation in their life, and actually to have a uh, a mind that's more similar to Jesus' mind, a heart that, that beats like Jesus is for those who are suffering, for those who are going through really difficult things. And to have hopefully a kind of reactive attitude like with the Afghan refugees where there's a need and we react quickly and we say, okay, there's a need, how can we help? Okay, they need whatever, um, uh, diapers or something, or let's buy some diapers and take them away. But also a more proactive attitude to say, well, there's this issue, how can we help change this situation, not only react but actually be much more intentional about how we change things. So I'm going to share, just in the next picture, we have a, a group of um, young people or young adults, um, from in, and this photo is completely pixeled because it's from 1998, and this group of young people saw that there was a need around them, um, and they realized that um, there was young, young people who weren't at school, and it was the day, and they thought, why aren't these young people at school, and what can we do to help them? So they, they, they created a movement, or they started just basically helping them by uh, doing one-to-one -one mentoring, and, and then they, they gave some food to them. So they, they started seeing the need around them and started helping them out. And as, as what they did started um, having a really positive effect. Other churches around them said, oh, that's really good, let's do the same thing. And uh, after a few years, and, and now in 2020, well, now it's 2021, but in 2020, this group and the people who followed them have now 200 education centers across the country. 200, just this group of like, enthused young people saying there's a need around us, and, and and just getting other people involved. And they, they started a charity called Transforming Lives for Good. And um, the education centers aren't schools, are basically churches where people can come and do a bit of mentoring and um, 
get in, uh, confident again, uh, get to understand a bit more about education, and basically change their life. And as a result of this, uh, they, they did a study in 2020 that says that out of their early intervention program, 84% of children reported feeling more confident in themselves, 97% of the children, and this is more, over 5,000 children, saying that they're more hopeful about their future uh, because of the work of a few dreamers who started doing something about the people in need around them. So out of today, I don't want us to kind of go on a guilt trip and now go online and donate 50 pounds to TLG or something like that, but actually um, maybe that we might be challenged by this that is at the heart of Jesus' message, the need to help for those in need, the heart for those in need, that actually it will be bigger than just a reaction, say, okay, now I'm going to sign up and do this, but actually that we might let the Holy Spirit transform our heart and our mind to have a much more similar way of thinking as he does, to be the disciples he's calling to be, that hopefully someone would write about us in Acts 9.36, that uh, whoever we are was a disciple who did good works and helped the poor, and that that will be the heart of who we are as individuals and as a church. So our call is to actually let God transform us to be a bit more like him, and that our heart will beat with what his heart, heart beats. And uh, just to end, a few weeks ago, and, and this kind of really struck me, uh, someone from a difficult background uh, uh, told me, and as, as, as we were speaking, that he had joined a church years and years ago, this is like 10 years ago, and that people were really friendly on Sunday and like shakes his hand, but when they, he was from a back, uh, rough background, but when they saw him in the street, they'd like look the other way, don't say hello, and he felt so hurt by that that he decided not to go to church again because these people were nice and friendly on Sunday because we all see each other, but outside they're like, oh, I don't know this person. And as I, as I heard those, like my heart sank thinking, is this the image we're giving? Is this, is this who we are? And it wasn't our church. Uh, it was another church somewhere else. But is this what the church is doing? Like being nice on Sunday, but then when we see the person in need in the week, we, we do like if we don't know them, we, we look the other way. And I thought, I do hope that we might have a, a heart for the poor, the marginalized, and that we will never have people saying they came to our community and then uh, they were left behind, we were not loved by us. So I think we, we have to be challenged by this widow who was po probably uh, not very rich, um, but was known as a disciple, a beautiful person who did good works and helped the poor. And I think more than challenged, I think we are drawn. I don't know about you, but when I see these people, I'm drawn, I'm attracted to them. It's something about them that, that actually I say, yes, I want to be like that. When I see Tamitha, I say, I want to be like Tamitha. When I see the guy who started, these guys who started TLG, I want to be like that. And I think we are drawn to being like that because they are a bit like Jesus. And the call for us today is to be drawn to Jesus and be transformed and let him create in us a heart for those in need. Shall we pray?